disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Hey sis, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. It's your girl Snobby. And today we are talking about black women traveling alone. So if you followed last week on the Instagram page, then you know that I was celebrating my 41st birthday and I took a solo trip to Arizona, which included a solo drive to the Grand Canyon. I stayed in Scottsdale. So the drive was about uh, three hours and some change, a little, I don't know, about 3.15, maybe 3.30. I really don't recall. I had my foot on the gas when I could. <laughs> I was trying to be done with it because riding through the mountains is quite the experience. Um, nevertheless, always the more, the importance of it was not just that I got to tick something off my bucket list, but it was that I got an opportunity to kind of commune with myself, move at my own pace, do things I want to, not worry about, you know, the the tips with not doing things you don't want to do, not sticking to the plan. And that's really kind of, the importance and the value of traveling alone. It is so important to have some experiences at your pace. Listen, I love a girl's trip as much as anybody else. I stand a vacation. I love a family vacation. I love it. I Group travel is something that I do enjoy and I do it frequently. I like, you know, the the partner in crime kind of travel where it's just you and one other person. Those are always a good time, but there's such a value to spending quality time alone and black women don't do it enough. We rarely get the option to do it. And so we need to start reclaiming our time period. Now I know that there are a million reasons that, you know, people give me for why they are not comfortable traveling alone. You know, I have these conversations all the time. Oh my God, you always going somewhere. I don't know how you travel alone. Since I book a flight, <laughs> I pack a bag and I get going. <laughs> that is how I travel alone. Um, but I understand that there are really valid concerns to people traveling alone. You know, people have travel anxieties just in general, right? There are plenty of people that are afraid to fly. Being afraid to fly is going to minimize the world to you. You are literally going to miss out on a large part of the world if you are scared to fly and not willing to move past that fear. Um, I'm going to say, personally, if you are someone who is afraid to fly, you need to let... You, one, you need to be honest with yourself that you're not a good flyer, right? Just like, listen, have a little power with yourself in the mirror. Hey, sis, this ain't what you do. So how do we overcome this? Now, you may need to drink some NyQuil as soon as you get on a plane to take your ass to sleep. Um, you, you, need, you need to announce that. Like, <laughs> you need to announce that. You definitely need to announce that if you're traveling in a group. If you are traveling alone, you probably should give the flight attendant a heads up that you're not the best flyer. That way they can keep a little bit of an eye on you. Um, if you don't have the the road to yourself, it might not be the worst idea to let the people in your row know that you have a bit of anxiety about flying. Um, 
just so that they're a bit alert to what might turn out to be some crazy ass behaviors from you. You kind of might want to give out that, that little forewarning. I remember I was flying home. I want to say I was, I was either flying to New York or flying to Buffalo. Um, but this is when I lived in Buffalo. Anyway, I was flying into New York. Uh, I, I had the window seat, the aisles, the middle seat was empty and a woman was sitting in the aisle seat and there was a lot of turbulence. It, it was the winter. So listen, turbulence is just air. It is just air. And I know it doesn't feel like that when you're inside the aircraft. I, you know, I have definitely experienced tur- turbulence that has even made me sit up like, oh, I know the fuck you lying. So I get it. I get it, especially when you already have an anxiety about flying, but it is just air, right? And if you are flying in the winter, in the Northeast, you have to expect turbulence because it is almost certainly going to be present on that flight. So anyway, the woman tells me as, you know, as we start to get into the turbulence at this point, we are halfway through the flight. Um, you know, Buffalo to New York is a very short flight. We're halfway through the flight. She leans over and says, I am not a very good flyer. And I said, oh, wow, that's unfortunate to hear. I, I Honestly, I had nothing else for her. Um, and at this juncture, I, like, noted was really basically all I could say was like noted. Um, I was, you know, my, my train of thought was you should probably have been prepared for a rough flight then, if you know that you're a bad flyer, again, it's the Northeast in the winter. Um, here's where she had me fucked up though. <laughs> so the turbulence got worse. And remember, I told you the middle seat is empty. As the turbulence really got going, she reaches over the middle seat to grab me. Bitch, I know you fucking lying. I don't know you. <laughs> I yo, when I tell y'all I pushed this lady off of me, I said, ma'am, if you grab me again, I'm gonna knock you the fuck out. That's on everything. You better pop a pill and go to fuck to sleep. Ask the ask the flight attendant to bring you a drink. You need to relax your nerves. And this is why I say, you know, you need to you need to give out the courtesy warnings. You need to let the flight attendant know so that she can keep an eye on you or he can keep an eye on you. You need to let the people in the aisles know, but you need to let them know up front because I would have told her ass at the beginning of that flight, then you need to take a pill and go to sleep because this flight's going to have a lot of turbulence. Don't be grabbing me no mid-flight. First of all, don't grab me. Don't touch me. I don't like that shit. And I don't know you. Mid-air or on the ground, keep your fucking hands in your pocket and the fuck off my person. I ain't into all that. Um, so she was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, I hear you, but you need to tell the flight attendant that you need some help because you're not doing well. And this can't happen again. Like it just, it just can't be a thing. So, you know, when you are going to travel alone, be cognizant of where your deficits are and give people a heads up so that people can try to help you mitigate that situation before it becomes a situation. Now, yes, I know it probably sounds cruel as shit. And most of you probably are sitting there like, damn T you could have just nah, snobby. You ain't got to be like that. You're probably right. 
But that's what happened. I'm not going to sit here and tell you no lies. That's exactly what happened. I am probably a more kinder traveler at this point in my life. I'm just a lot older and in general, a little more kinder. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a lot kinder, but I am definitely a little more kinder. I want to say that happened, I don't know, in my late 20s. I'm 41 now. I got a little bit more grace for people. You know, I probably wouldn't have threatened to punch in her fucking face or nothing now, but I still would have told her you need to notify somebody so they could get your ass a pill and put you to sleep. That's for sure. I say that to my own friends that I travel with. Like, if you know this ain't your strong suit, sis, take this Benadryl and go to fucking sleep. Well, we'll wake you up when we land. Like, ain't nobody about to be dealing with all that type of shit. So be honest and be cognizant of your deficits and, and the places that you struggle when you're traveling. If you're someone who has motion sickness, you know, maybe hopping your ass on a boat isn't the best idea. And if you're going to do it anyway, Bring the drama, I mean, be prepared, you know, let people know. Also, stay the fuck away from the edge. Stay as close to the middle of the boat as possible. <laughs> don't be overlooking the boat, you know, don't be looking off over the boat, you know, don't be at the at the very front of the boat, you know, getting your fucking, where the boat is rocking all heavy. Like, don't set yourself up for failure. Be honest in what you can and can't deal with when traveling alone. So on my trip to Arizona, uh, driving up to the Grand Canyon, like I said, Arizona is a mountain, period. Like, that's the mountain region. It's a mountain. And as I was um, driving, I noticed all of the signs were basically like, beware of Earth. (laughs) Because it was like, beware of tumbling rocks. Beware of falling rocks. Beware of sharp rocks, <laughs> like beware of incline, beware of decline, like you name it. If it came from Earth, you needed to be scared because it was going to happen. And I noticed as I was driving up during the daytime that there were no lights along the mountain. And I was like, I, I you know, I've got to get out of the Grand Canyon at a very specific time. Because I don't want to have to make this drive at night. I know how dark it's going to be because there are no lights and this is a fucking mountain. So I had to be very honest with myself on what I was going to be able to deal with. You know, I didn't want to have any anxiety driving. And the thought of driving the mountain at night had already been giving me anxiety. You know, I went to school in Buffalo. I have driven on the side of the mountain that night plenty of times. It is not fun. It can be extremely nerve wracking. Um, and I just, I didn't want to do it. Like I, I'd done it for many years and I did not want to do it. Like if I could avoid it, I would have avoided it. Um, so the plan was to try to get out as early as possible so that I could drive a little bit in the dark in the morning. And then by the time I hit the 17, which is where the mountain driving is, it would be bright. But I'm East Coast. I work Central. I had just come from Pacific time because I had just come from Vegas. And now I was on this this mountain time. And I'm going to tell you right now, my internal clock was like, sis, I don't know where the fuck we're at or what the fuck we're doing. 
So I'm just going to wake you up to let you know you're still with us. And that's the best I could do for you. So I woke up way too early, which resulted in me ending up being tired again early in the morning. And so I said, I'm not going to force it just to stay on this schedule because driving while tired is also going to give me some anxiety. So I just took my ass back to sleep and that essentially threw me off schedule And I just said, you know what, I'm going to have to take the L at the Grand Canyon and I'm not going to be able to stay as long as I plan to stay. So that immediately took hiking out of the equation um, because I just wasn't going to have the time to do it. I knew I needed to be out of the Grand Canyon at a very specific time to avoid driving the mountain in pitch black darkness. Well, I got to the Grand Canyon. It was spectacular. Spectacular. I'm going to get all of those videos that I took at the Grand Canyon that I posted in the IG stories. And I'm going to put it together um, and make like a little video of it once my computer is back operational. Um, but oh my God, it was so stellar and and just so breathtaking and beautiful. And I was just overwhelmed. So I ended up staying a little longer than I planned. I wanted to be gone by three o'clock. I ended up not leaving until after four, a little after four. And it's very confusing. At least it was very confusing for me to kind of find my way in and out of the national park. So you know, by the time I literally got out of the park, it was at least 4.30. So now I know I'm racing the clock. I've got to grab some food and I've got to grab some gas before I lose daylight. Because I'm not going to stop and get gas in the dark in Arizona alone with my little black ass. I'm sorry. That's not a game I'm fitting to play with nobody. And... I knew I wasn't going to be able to finish this drive with the amount of hunger I had because I had not eaten since I, what the morning I hadn't eaten. I hadn't eaten anything actually. No, I hadn't eaten since right before I got to the park. I stopped on the road, stopped and got breakfast at Denny's and then finished out my drive. So I hadn't eaten in hours. I was kind of running on like these um, fruit packets that I picked up at the general store um, and, and that, and that was kind of just it. So I knew I needed to eat. I knew I needed to get gas and I knew I needed to do this with the little bit of daylight that I had left plan, plan, planning is always the key, especially as black women to traveling alone. It is the key. Like you got to research where you're going, research where you're going to stay, research the neighborhood that, uh, your hotel is in research the the neighborhood that a lot of the tourist attractions are in. I remember when I went to Panama, I really wanted to go to the canal. Um, But at the time, and I mean, it's probably just in general, but definitely at the time, tourist robberies were up. Like people were getting robbed left and right at the canal. So I ended up not getting to go. I still haven't been to this day, but you know, this is, it's important. Like if you're going to be a black woman who travels alone and you should do it at least once, um, do the research. You know, I grew up in the Bronx during the crack era. So I always say like, I'm pretty sure I, I, I'm going to sort through some shit. Like I'm a BI. I survived the Bronx in the eighties, 
But that's because surviving the Bronx in the 80s meant staying ready so you didn't have to get ready. Remaining alert. Like being observant of your surroundings. Like you learned all the survival techniques you needed if you survived the crack era in New York City. And because of that, you know, I research anywhere that I'm going to go. When I get places, I try to like walk around, kind of take in the area, make sure that I know what's where. God forbid something happens. I know where the exits are. I'm always planning an escape route. <laughs> I'm always planning like if, if shit pop off, how am I successfully getting out of this shit? Like I'm always on full on MacGyver mode. Yes, I know that age is me, but I already told you I'm my age. So it is what it is. So you want to be upfront and honest about your travel issues. You know, keep people aware of what your travel issues are. Keep the staff aware of what your travel issues are. You want to research locations and plan out your locations. Plan out, you know, if you're going to be doing excursions, plan out what that needs to look like, especially if you're not going to do it with um, a tourist group. You know, one of those groups that like host the excursions, if you're going to go out and do this shit on your own, like I did with Grand Canyon, because originally I was going to buy an excursion. I was going to buy an excursion because I didn't want to drive. And this excursion was going to allow me to do the Grand Canyon and the Red Rocks in the same day. Um, it was cheaper to just rent a car and go on my own and move at my own pace, because had I bought the excursion, I would not have got to spend the quality time at the Grand Canyon that I got to spend, you know, we're moving from, you know, when you're on one of those, uh, led, uh, what's that tour guide led excursions, you, you're here for this amount of time and then you're here and then you're there and then you're there. And I just wanted to move at the pace that my spirit was moving me and not at the pace that a tour guide was moving me. So I'm glad I didn't do the excursion. But to the point, if you are going to not utilize a tour guide or, you know, someone local, you're going to go out on your own, then you definitely, definitely need to do your research and you need to plan out that trip. And you need to plan out what that trip is going to look like. And I and, and also, you know, when I say, um, you know, I use the, the, the saying all the time that, you know, I survived the Bronx in the 80s, I'd be all right. I, I don't say that from a place of arrogance and I don't say that from a place of cockiness. Like I said, it, it, I say that because it forced me to learn to be more cognizant of, you know, my surroundings to make sure that I'm prepared for the worst and things like that. I definitely don't say it to be cocky. Um, for my 35th birthday, I had traveled to Thailand alone. Now I used a tour group in booking my trip, uh, cause you get better rates, right? So I used a tour group for booking my trip, but I, I went on my trip alone. Um, I did mostly, I did a lot of things alone, actually, while I was in Thailand. Um, there are very few things that I even linked up with the strangers I had met there. <laughs> I only linked up with them for a couple of things. Um, but Thailand was an awesome experience. I met some very, very awesome people there. Also met some assholes. Um, among the assholes, <laughs> this one girl, she was... Uh, South African and her and three of her friends were going down to, I forget what the, what the little party plaza is in, um, Phuket. But anyway, they were going down there to party. I said to her, don't leave your friends, you know, make sure that the three of you stick together. Don't walk off by yourself. 
you know, you are three little white girls in Thailand. Honestly, you are a ransom note waiting to fucking happen. Don't move alone. She says to me, yeah, but you've been going places all by yourself. I said, you are not me. You are not me. You have not had my life experiences. You are not built like me. Sis, I promise you, we are not the same person. First of all, I got a motherfucking knife on me as we're having this conversation. And anybody who knows me is unsurprised because that is one of the things that I do when I land. I buy a knife. (laughs) Again, the Bronx, the 80s. Preparation is key, right? I'm traveling alone. I'm moving about the cabin alone. I will stab your ass if I need to protect myself. So I'm, you know, she's basically trying to compare our situations. And I'm like, sis, we, we don't sis. I'm a black air force one veteran. I don't even think you know what black ups are. Don't leave your friends. I, I, I say this more than once, like more than once. Lo and behold, you know, Dwight's going to white. And she did just exactly what I told her not to do. By the time she got back to the hotel that night, I didn't go out uh, partying that night. I actually kind of walked the strip by the beach, kind of hit up like, you know, local vendors and shit that were out. You know, just like local shit that was going on. I did that rather than going clubbing that night because we I went like I went out with everybody the night before clubbing. It was all right, we had the time already. I'm not really trying to hang out with y'all like that. <laughs> Go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Anyway, by the time everyone's back at the hotel, well, by the time I'm back at the hotel and then she shows up, I don't see her friends. And I say, where are your friends? And she was like, well, they wanted to stay partying. So I left. I said, girl, didn't I tell you not to leave your friends, not to be walking around these damn Phuket streets alone? She's, and, and I, I could visibly see something happen. It was all in her face. And I said, so what the fuck happened to you? What the fuck happened to you? Because it's all in her face. Like, I can read it in her eyes. And she's like, well, I was walking back. I said, you walked back? You walked back. Bitch, you didn't even get in a tuk-tuk? You walked back? Why did you walk back? A tuk-tuk is, like, free. Like, (laughs) like... It's not that expensive. And if and if you don't have the money for a tuk-tuk, you definitely shouldn't be leaving your friends. You guys need to be pooling your funds so that you can go to and fro together safely. Anyway, she's telling me how she walked back and that these guys on um on the motor on the motorbikes ran by uh, not ran by, rolled by and tried to grab her purse off of her. And then another one came and tried to grab her. Y'all, y'all, it took everything in me not to say, I told you so. I fucking told you so. You didn't fucking listen. Thank the good Lord. Some, uh, she alleges they were American. I wasn't there, so I don't know what their nationality was. I can, I can only assume that she assumed they were American because they spoke English without a British accent, like, I don't, or without a, without an Aussie accent, I, I, like, I don't, I don't know why she was sure they were American, but this is her story, not mine, these two American guys were coming out of 7-Eleven, random sidebar, there are mad 7-Elevens in Thailand, 
definitely in Phuket. They're like everywhere. They're like the bodega. Anyway, she said these two American guys came out of 7-Eleven, saw her like tussling with the guys that were trying to take her bag and her and basically jumped in and saved her and then got her back to the hotel safe. And I was just like, now what the fuck would have happened if they weren't there? I said, you don't listen. I said, I, I've already, I told you, you are not equipped to be walking around these streets alone. You are a target. You're a white girl with blonde hair. You look like a ransom note. Nobody's going to sort out the fact that you're from South Africa. Ain't nobody fucking doing no DNA swap on you. Say Ancestry.com when we're committing a heist. Honestly, you look like a regular little fucking white blonde girl from America, which is prime ransom. Prime. Prime kidnap, sell, sell back to the family. Like, come on, man. I tell you that story to say, do your research and believe the research. If this is a dangerous neighborhood, don't be arrogant and think that, you know, you're going to be fine just because I would uh, Bangalore road. That's what it is. I would never have walked back from Bangalore road to our hotel. It was like a two mile walk at night where there were barely any lights. Nah, I know you fucking lying. I would not have done it. Nothing about what I read told me that that was the safe play. So I'm not going to put myself in harm's way just because. Why would you volunteer to put yourself in harm's way? I just. Let me get back on topic, because every time I think about that, I'm just like, it's the dumb shit for me. Anyway, I encourage you sincerely to pick a location. If you know you can't fly, pick some shit that's domestic that maybe you can drive to. Maybe you could take a train to it, right? Pick some shit that's in your wheelhouse. Don't say, I've always wanted to go to Bali when you know your ass can't fly. You're going to have to see Bali on your fucking internet. Sorry, not sorry. This is where we're at. Or take some drugs. <laughs> take the drogas, go to sleep, wake up in Bali, have a fantastic time. But, you know, just the importance of spending that quality time with just yourself in a different environment, different scenery, having these different experiences alone. They are invaluable. And honestly, sis, you owe it to yourself. So just to wrap up the tips and tricks you need when traveling alone so that you can stay safe, so that you can enjoy your trip and hell, you may even be inspired to do another trip alone after that. Is one, be honest about your travel deficits, you know, what you're not good at as far as traveling. Um, and I didn't touch on packing, but that's a, that's a huge thing also. Maybe I'll just scribe some tips for packing, but, you know, be honest about your ability to travel, notify staff on your mode of transportation so that they can keep an eye on you and try to make your trans your transport as safe and enjoyable as possible. Do research on the location you are going to. That includes where your hotel is located, where the tourist sites are located. 
even dining options, you want to research those, you know, make sure that these places take your credit card, take, uh, take your debit card. Are these places cash only be prepared, you know, do all the research that you need to do so that if, if you know that you're going to be someplace that's a heavy cash only place that you can convert your money once so that you're not going back and forth to a cambio. Certainly don't want to be going to the ATM because the fees are going to rape you. And also you just don't want to be using the ATM out and about in foreign lands because you don't know who's around. So, you know, you want to do thorough, thorough research on all of that stuff. Um, you want to do research on your excursions, decide whether it's best for you to have a tour led, I mean, a tour guide led excursion, or if it's best for you to lead your own excursion so that you can move at your own pace. And if that's the case, you know, you need to lay out a plan on what that needs to look like. And then finally, again, I'm not going to go into detail on this because it's just some grown people shit. Plan out your budget, plan out your budget, act your wage, act your wage. Don't plan this elaborate trip in your head when you're still waiting on the stimulus payment. Cause that's not this, the, the math isn't going to math for you. It isn't going to math and it's going to make traveling alone difficult and unenjoyable. So I hope my tips and tricks help. I can't wait to get my laptop back so I could put my Grand Canyon video together. I'm about to act like Spielberg, y'all. I'm about to really be in here. Well, he's a director, so I guess he's not the one that does the chopping and screwing. <laughs> Whatever. Doesn't matter. Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm about to act a real Hollywood aficionado. I'm about to make my video and get that out for the world because the Grand Canyon really was just an amazing experience. Anyway, happy holidays to you and yours. And until next time, y'all have a good one. Oh, and don't forget to cop your merch, www.brandsnobby.com. The link is in the bio on the Instagram page. Peace. <laughs>